We'd like to welcome you here on this uh, Mother's Day Sunday. And uh, this, this message this morning uh, is couched in uh, the remembrance and the thanks of our mom. So as I begin to get into this today, I ask you to think about that young lady. Think about uh, what she has done for you. Now, God has used her uh, to bring you where you are today. Now, if, if your mom has passed on and gone to be with the Lord, you, you still remember the great things she's done and she's alive. Uh, you can remember that as well. And so, before I get started, before this day is done, you really need to make sure you make a call to your mom. You text her, you do something. And if not, I'll call you and get on your mind. So, what I need you to do is we're going to turn to the scriptures immediately, and uh, we're going to look at chapter 6 of the book of Proverbs. Now, I'm going to read that chapter 6 to you, because there's some ingredients in the chapter that speaks uh, of some parental encouragement, but especially this portion that speaks about mom. And then what we're going to do is jump over to a young man who was influenced by two major ladies in his life. And we're going to look at how Paul expresses that. And I want you to remember that you're going to be kind of like Timothy. Away and they've been with the Lord for years and years. 
passed away some 20 some years ago. And there are things that she said to me that still ring true in my heart. And they ring true in my heart, not only because they were convicted, but because they were the Word of God. And we have things still in us because of what Mom has said. And it's important for us to know what they are. And so today, as we look uh, in this sixth chapter, we find some ingredients here that are necessary, especially for what we would call the Generation Z. Now, the Generation Z are people who come after the millennials. So I don't know why we have all these labels like, you know, uh, baby boomers and, you know, baby busters and uh, Generation X and uh, millennials, and now we got Generation Z. I just call them people, okay? Uh, they grow up and they get old like we do and just move on. But, but I guess each one of these groups have a, a kind of influence and a kind of thinking that we must be sensitive to. And so there's something I'm going to read to you later on about Generation Z. And I'm going to share with you the importance of that that's going to have uh, some significance in the next section. And so in this, what we see is this. Is that this proverb writer is talking about parental necessities. When, when, when dad says something, but also when mom says something. And this son needs to do something. This son must not forsake, must not forget the teachings of his mother. It's because they helped lay the spiritual foundation of life for him. And Timothy is what is called an offspring of two ladies that has affected his life. So let's look over here and let's turn, if you have your word with you, let's turn over to 2 Corinthians 1.5. Now you got to understand who Timothy is. Timothy becomes the spiritual son of Paul. Now Paul is going to recognize him because of what has been put in him. Paul is going to recognize him because of four things. One is going to be what you would call uh, ethnicity. Now, why do I use that word, ethnicity? Because ethnicity cannot continue without mom. Guess what? She has babies. She continues to raise. <laughs> okay? That's really important. And then you have something called ethics. Ethics are these principles that are laid down that last throughout the centuries. So Paul recognizes that with Timothy. Guess what else he recognizes? Now, this is before we read and look at his word is that there is something called lineage. Now, that lineage is a connecting point. When you look at the word lineage, you're, you're dealing with descendants. You're also uh, dealing with ancestors. But watch this. You're also dealing with pedigree. Now, this pedigree is really important because some of you may have grown up going, you know what, man, I'm never going to be like my mom. Guess what? You're just like your mom. Just want you to know My wife shares that with me all the time. And you're going to be like your mom. You're going to have some dad in you. Well, but, 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 but there's something about lineage. Now, but there's also something about legacy. Passing something down for people to be what? Responsible to. Now, that's where you get your predecessors from. So watch what Paul has to say about Timothy in chapter 1, 2 Timothy 1, 2. He says this, for I am mindful. So when he begins to talk to Timothy, now why is this so important? Because Timothy as a young man, 30 years old, was put in a place to lead a group of people who were twice as old as he was. 
And guess what? Timothy ran. So Paul had to write him another letter. But Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, I want you to understand something. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So as 2 Timothy unfolds, Paul begins to remind Timothy of his heritage. He begins to remind Timothy what is in his bloodline. And here's what he says to him. For I am mindful, I am reflective, Tim. I am remembering something of this sincere faith that you have. Now, you have to go back to 1 Timothy 1.5. And 1 Timothy 1.5 says, Paul, when I put Timothy in his place, I said that the goal of your instructions is love first. Watch this. From a pure heart. Secondly, sincere faith and a clean conscience. Paul is reminding Timothy. But he's also reminding Timothy of something else. And he says this. He says, within you, which first dwelt. Now, why is that so important? Because that means it lived in you as residency. He says, faith within you, which first dwelt in who? Your grandmother. Now, this woman named Lois had some power behind her. Now, I don't know if all of you can remember your grandmother, but I remember mine. And all I can say is this. When grandmother spoke, everybody shut up. Because, see, Grandmama had power over Mom. See, Mom had power over us. But when Grandma, because I lived in a house at one point, you're not going to really believe this because you don't think this exists anymore. I lived in a household where there was 22 people there. And my dad had moved half of the uh, family from Louisiana to Houston. Okay? And so when he would move us, he would also move some of the relatives. And Grandmas came with us. Okay? So we have a pretty large family. My family was so big, you had to have placeholders when you went to sleep. Because if you got up, somebody would take your place. Big, big family. I'm the youngest of 10. I mean, there was 12 people in our family. But Grandma spoke. And when Grandma spoke, she was a matriarch. She said some things that even today, I'll never forget. Paul is reminded Timothy of his grandmother. Now, this word, Lois, has a very somebody else's name. Nobody in here has a name that doesn't have meaning to it. If I was you, I would ask your parents, why did you name me Billy Bob? I would ask that. So I want your parents to, I want you to know your parents didn't take up when they gave you that name. You know, there's a meaning to it. Well, Lois names agreeable and desirable. And Lois was this woman who instructed her daughter by the name of Eunice, we're going to hear in just a moment. And she instructed her from Old Testament Scripture. Now, we're going to get back to Proverbs 6, but you need to understand why Timothy is so important here. Because Paul is saying, I'm mindful not only of your faith, but I'm also mindful of what has been put in you by your grandmother. Now, some of you, if your grandmother is still living, you need to talk to them. You need to ask them some questions. Because they got some stuff that you don't even know about. And that's some things before my mother died that if she told me while she was living, I don't think I would be sitting up here today preaching the word of God or leaving or becoming a pastor or planting churches. Because my, grandma, my mother told me something years ago, probably before she died, that a grandmother knew about me. And I'm just living out that legacy. I'm living out. That I'm living out a statement that my 
grandmother said to my mom that God is going to choose one of your boys. And my older brother thought it was him, so he ran. Okay. He wound up being me. And mom told me that, you know, years and years and years before I got into the ministry, it was after 15 years after I was in the ministry, before grandma told me what grandma said. Because grandma saw a vision of me doing what I'm doing today. Now let me say this to you. If your grandmother is praying for you, you better submit and tell her. Because you're not going to get away from her. If there's a call in your life, grandma knows about it. And so this is important for you to understand that as we celebrate Mother's Day today, there's something that's been downloaded in your mom that came from grandma that comes to you. And then he says this. He says, uh, first dwell in your grandma, Lois, then your mother, Eunice. The word Eunice here means encouraged, I mean conquering well. Eunice means that here is a woman who conquered something in her life. Do you know what she conquered? She conquered the fact that she did not want her son to go astray, so she raised her boy according to the word of God. That's what she conquered. She conquered against society. She became a fixed point in this young man's life. While everybody else was going that way, she wanted Timothy to stop, look at the scripture, and go the direction that he was supposed to go. Proverbs 22, 6 says this, when you raise a child in the way that they should go, they will not depart from it. And Eunice was a champion of that. She got that from Lois. Now why is it that when Paul chooses to recognize a young man like Timothy, he didn't go talk about Paul, Timothy's achievements. He didn't go talk about Timothy running. He said, Timothy, hold on. There's some stuff in you already that you don't even know about that I know about. And Timothy, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind. Why? Because there's something that has been downloaded in you from grandma, downloaded in you from mom, and guess what? It is in you. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we just need to call out something, people. Church, you hear me all of that. You call it out. Because mom already knows. Now, you got to ask the question, what is, what is all this got to do with chapter 6, verse 22, 23? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But you got to understand that the blueprint in you did not come by accident. The blueprint that is in you wasn't something that was just, oh, hold on, this is who I am. It don't work like that. These things are passed down through heritage. These things are passed down through lineage. These things are passed down through so when I go back and look at chapter 6 of Proverbs and I read, yeah, you need to observe the commands of your dad. But watch this. Do not forsake the teachings of your mom. Because she's got something. Now that's in 2 Corinthians 1 5. Because at the end of that, what you see here is, and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. You got so many things in you already that just comes just from the pure fact of the DNA. Now, when the last time you sit down with your mom and ask her what you said? When the last time you sit down and talk to your grandmother if she's alive and ask her what you see? 
See, we've forgotten that. We've forgotten the fact that the life that we're living now, we might be bucking up against the wall because these people already got something for you that you're unaware of. Sometimes it's just good to sit down and just have a good conversation. So moms today, we're encouraging you in something. I'll tell you that in just a moment. Are you with me so far, church? I want you to understand the importance of this. No, I just kind of want to go on and live my own life. I just want to kind of go off and just run up against the walls and have a bunch of not so mighty, and I don't really care about what my parents think. Watch out! Because they've already got those not so in their head. They just want to make sure you don't get a few of them, too. And then look over at 2 Corinthians, 2 Timothy 3, verse 14 and verse 15. Because on the one hand, Paul is recognizing the son of his. This son in the faith, this son in the spirit, this one who followed Paul after the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. And Paul goes on to his second and third missionary journey. He does it with Timothy. But he's trying to encourage this young man. And so he goes even further in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. And here's what he says. He says, now look, he says, you, Timothy, however, Okay, he said, look, man, continue, go forward repeatedly like practice in the things. Now, know what the word things is. The thing means teaching of the law. See, Lois and Eunice taught Timothy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Let me just ask you this question. How many of you know about all those five books? Have you ever had your parents sit down and talk to you about the law? See, that law is there for a purpose. It's to keep you in between the telephone poles. Keep you in between the ditches. Keep you straight. She taught them that. She taught that to her daughter. Her daughter, in turn, taught it to her son. Are you being taught that? Because I would encourage you, Mom, that you're not teaching this time to begin to do it. And so Paul is saying this to Timothy again. He's saying, look, man, however you, I want you to continue in this Old Testament teaching. And watch this. Uh, things you have what? Learned. That word learn means this. You practice it. You talked about it. And then it says, and became what? Convinced. That word basically means being persuaded by so mom and grandma didn't just say these things to Timothy, but Timothy even saw the evidence of it. Timothy even was convicted by it to the point where he remembered and Paul remembered that this is what happens to your parents. And then he said, not only that you have been convinced of it, but knowing from whom you have learned them, the whom is who, Lois and Eunice. Mom. Grandmothers. And then in verse 15, and that came, that and that came, and that from what? Childhood. That means early human development. And you have known, here we go, the sacred names. That still means the Old Testament books, which are able, has the ability to do what? To give you this. But many young people today that don't have wisdom because they refuse to receive it. They think their mom and dad 
is true, it's not new. That means it's there from ancient of days. See, sin is sin good in the beginning. Sin ain't doing anything good day to day back then. Now, the book of the Thieves, the book of Ecclesiastes tells you everything that happened has already happened. Everything is has already been. And what Lois and Eunice were doing was trying to get into their son man so that they can avoid the booby traps of life. You listen to Mother's teaching. Now, before we go back to chapter 6 of Proverbs, I want to read something to you that I read to the first service that I think is so important for you to understand. Now, nobody in this room probably know of this guy by the name of George Barna. B-A-R-N-A. Now, George Barna has what is called a Christian Research Institute. It's an institution. And what they do is they are one of the top researchers in the world. Now, I've taken something in college called statistics, okay? Now, they put a fancy name on it called quantitative analysis. analysis. That's a hard class. I was just having to pass. I'm going to tell you the grade I got. And what they do is they taught you how to go in and take samples. Now, samples means that if there's 20 people in this room, if we would sample 10 of them, we would probably get a pretty good understanding of what was going on in the thinking in that room. And they go in, and that's what they do. And George Barnett is recognized as one of the top researchers in the country, but he does it for Christian groups as well. Now, George Barner is someone that you, if you could, you need to get his app, man. I mean, you need to download it. Because he keeps basically just sending these things about Christianity, things about discipleship, things about evangelism, things about neighboring. And I look at him all the time. I've met him personally. Very, very qualified guy. Well, this last month, he just sent out a study that they did in Christian that means these are people who go to church. They read their Bibles. They serve in the church. They love the Lord. So these are real stats. And this particular stat that he brought was about moms. I want to read it to you. The powerful influence of moms in Christian households. Now just listen to this for a moment. Now don't forget now, we read Proverbs 6. We're going to go back there to close out. Second thing we did is went to 2 Timothy 1.5 to show you how Paul recognized Timothy and what was in him. And then we went to 2 Timothy 3.14.15 to show you that Paul wanted this guy to realize that when he ran the first time, he needed to come back and finish his work because of what was downloaded in him by Lois and Eunice. Now before we go back to chapter 6 in Proverbs, I want you to read these stats. These are today's stats. Talking about Generation Z. Listen to this. Acknowledging the influence of moms isn't just the stuff of Mother Day cards. It also becomes a major finding and theme in a recent Barnard study of practicing Christians' home in the United States. This was done by what you call the Household of Faith Report, produced in partnership with Luther, our Lutheran's Our Ministries, found that mothers 
more than fathers or any other category of frequent participants in the household or see, watch this, as confidants, providers of support, drivers of faith formation. We observe this dynamic in the response of adults who esteem and rely on their moms as resources of strength, companionship, and wisdom. In turn, mothers still yield a range of needs and provide support for their grown children or with applicable or when applicable grandchildren. But some of the clearest examples of the broad impact of mothers surface in the response of Generation Z, who offer a portrait of mothers who are present, passionate, and faithful. Moms are primary activity and conversation partners for teens. For all of the stereotypes of teens rolling their eyes at their parents, Generation Z are actually very open with and dependent upon their mothers. Consider this description of one-on-one -on -one time other with other housemates. Today, Christian teens consistently identify their mother as the principal housemate for almost all activities, from eating meals together, 85%, watching TV or movies, 81%, to talking about God, 70%, Having a confrontation, 63%. Mothers are the primary activity partner to their team. They are second only to friendships, even when it comes to using their phones for texting. 69% mothers versus 73 of friendships. And calling, 61% versus 71. The only time mothers are not leading the way is when it comes to activities like interacting on social media or playing sports. Both dominated by friends. According to the participating Christian teens, mothers are, to, are the go-to person for all kinds of support. Advice, 78%. Encouragement, 75%. Sympathy, 72%. Meanwhile, fathers play a somewhat key role in meeting teens' tangible needs for money. I can vouch for that. And uh, logistical health, 63%. Though even as these two issues, they are somewhat on par with mothers. As mothers are seen as advisors and encouragers, teens report with uh, approaching them with today's topics, tough topics, in the impressionable middle or high school years, even conversations about sex, 41%, aren't off limits between teens and moms. Understandably, when discussing sex, there's a bit of difference depending upon the teen's gender, with 30% of boys and 40% of girls talking about this with their mother, and 50% of boys and 10% of girls covering topics with their father. Christian teens also primarily seek out mothers' opinion on questions of faith, 72%, or the Bible, 71%, as well as things that might be troubling them, 78%. No wonder 60% of Generation Z in this surgery said their moms was the one who were there for them. Personal crisis. Mothers are the main spiritual coaches and teens. Practicing Christians in this team is consistent to identify mothers as one who provides spiritual guidance and instructions and still the values and discipline of their faith in the household. Moms are their foremost partners in prayer, 62%. Congregation 
conversation about God, 70%. The Bible, 71%. Or other faith questions, 72 This is consistent with Barnes data for this year, and that shows mothers to be the managers of faith formation among other households routine that mothers are also the ones encouraging church attendance. My parents told me I better go to church or else. And teaching kids about the Bible. God's forgiveness, 66%, and religious traditions as well. Now, before I go back and close this with looking at chapter 6 in Proverbs, now I'm the youngest of 10 kids. I mean, there was 12 people in our family. And my mom did something that was really unique, and she even told me before she passed away, she said, look, I just knew I had to have my kids come to church. I didn't know why. We just wanted to get them in there. And mom, when I would come home uh, doing college and had my college breaks, and everybody knew in the house, I don't care if you came in at 4 o'clock in the morning, you're going to get up Sunday morning, you're going to go to church. And guess what? We didn't sit in the back row. You know where we sat? Right up here. Mom made us sit on the front row. Now, little did I know, the effects that that had on my life today. And so what do you think the proverb writer is trying to say? Why all of a sudden, when he writes chapter 6, verse 20, he not only says something about the father, this doesn't mean this is the weak man down. That's not the issue here. But he says, hold on. When you get to mom, you need to listen to it. Now let's go back and close with this. Church, are you with me so far? This is why we need to get back to the Word of God. This is the challenge today of moms and grandmoms. Keep doing it. Keep bringing it. And for you future moms, stay in that Word. Stay in the law. Keep laying it out there for this reason. Now watch this. Here is what this word says. When you look at chapter 6 and it says, hold on, my son. When it says observe, it is saying something about the father's responsibility. And we'll get that on Father's Day, so we got to hold that one back. But it says, for sons, observe the commandments of your father. And then it says this, and do not, this is a prohibition, do not forsake. The word forsake means to despise. The word forsake means to don't turn it off and reject it. Don't just say, oh, that's just mom. Don't forsake the teaching. Don't forsake the what? The precepts, the statutes, the direction, the law of your mother. Don't do that. Because in this particular verse 20, it is not only giving attention, saying, hey, boy, turn around. My, my mom would say that. Boy, I mean, you know, I thought my name was boy at one point. Boy, turn around. Look at me. Because on the one hand, from the father, is talking about the commandments. But on the other hand, it's giving motivation. And that motivation is, hold on. Do not ignore what she's about to say. We're not talking about her being right. We're not talking about her being perfect. But it'll show you what it's saying. But it says, bind them continually. The word bind means to wrap. To wrap in such a way with something. It 
not lose. It's not lose. And bind them. What is them? We'll talk about them in just a moment. Continually on what? Your heart. The sleep of your existence. And then to tie. Fasten them. What are they talking about? In just a moment, they'll tell you. And put it around your neck. Because when you bind it to your heart and you fasten it to your neck, two things happen. Guess what? He said that you got to take it all in. You got to take every word in. You got to think about it. Remember times in my life where I said, you know what? Mom told me that. Mom said that it was going to happen. And when it's around your neck, you don't want to forget it because it goes with you wherever you go. And then, verse 22. Two more verses left here. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you're awake, they will talk to you. See, this is triadic. It's saying this. Not only when you're walking to guide you, but watch this, man. It will keep you from stumbling. The second thing is while you sleep, the most vulnerable time in your life is when you're asleep. Somebody can run a Mack truck over you with a move, okay? He said, but when you sleep, it's going to watch over you. These words, these teachings, this says, when you're awake, it's going to continually talk to you. The voice through the scripture, through the spirit, my mother is still with me. It's still there. See, because what they're saying here in verse 22 is that it's a map, it's a companion, and you must converse with it all the time. Especially if they're doing this one thing. I'm going to share it. Here it is. Moms teach the law. Moms teach the word. Mom teach what the Bible is saying. When I talk about your experiences, when I talk about what you somehow know, but what Paul is saying to Timothy, what the proverb writer is saying to us through our mom, what the mom was doing was teaching the precepts, the concepts, the Old Testament scriptures to their sons. And then here's the last thing. For the commandment is a lamp. See, the word of God is both a lamp, watch this, and the teachings is a lamp. It's a lamp and it's a light. For reproof, for discipline, or for the way of life. So then how do we close?
And so my mom would have told me that I was going to become a pastor. I probably would have ran from it. It wasn't until 15 years into it that she said, son, I knew one of my boys that I was going to pull off. I didn't know it was you. And I'm so glad. Now, I told you last year, I don't know if I spoke about this day last year, but some of you don't even know how I got here. I'm not even supposed to be in Fort Collins. Fort Collins was never on my map, never on my radar. Ever. Matter of fact, I didn't even know this town existed. And this is back in 1971. That was before some of your parents were born. Okay? And I had the opportunity to go to five major universities. Big time football. Nebraska, Oklahoma, Colorado, Granville, and Michigan State. These people were begging me to come to their college. And these people were in my home on Sunday morning. Monday afternoon, I flew here and I flew to Lansing, Michigan. Highly recruited. Highly recruited. That's not even bringing any kind of recognition to me. But highly recruited. Could have just picked any one of them. Big time football, Big Ten, Pac-8, Big 12, you name it. And I asked my mom one day, I said, Mom, which one of these schools should I go to? She said, I think you should go to Colorado State. Now, with all due respect, I said, Mom, you are crazy. You know nothing about football. Nothing. Because at that time, Colorado State was the worst team in the country. Back in those days, we had the top 10 and the bottom 10. And if you were number one on the bottom 10, that means you were the worst team in the country. Guess who was the worst team in the country? Colorado State. I said, Mom, are you okay? Here's what she said. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 2-19. You count up the years. She said, you need to go to that place because someday that town, that city, is going to be great. Now think about this. When I got here, there was nothing south of Prospect. I mean, the only thing out there south was uh, McDonald's. Tattoo wasn't even paid to the west. I go this one. It's crazy. But you know what? Do not forsake the teachings of your mom. Proverbs writer is telling you that. God is telling you that, especially if she is bringing to you the law of God. She saw it in her spirit. She saw it. And it's true today. Fort Collins is one of the top five places to be. Thank you. 